Poetry inspired by the film, Don't Look Up. I didn't ask for the truth, but it came to me. Not in a vision it was plain to see, as I looked through the eye of my telescope. Out in the heavens, I thought I saw hell. As it moved ever closer, I was caught in its spell and I had to say something. Soon the alarm bells went off in my head. Nothing could shake the intense sense of dread, so I told them. I told them all. But the campaign to reframe the whole game was tall. It overshadowed the truth, and it made me feel small. I lost myself for a moment. But for those who are lost, love finds a way. And though it's too late to save one more day, I found peace in the beauty of all things that matter. The love of the ones whose hearts I once shattered. They picked up the pieces and let me back in and washed me of every last one of my sins. So now where I sit overflowed is my cup, not regretting for a moment that I chose to look up. Creative that helps creatives in film get where they're going faster by sharing the advice, knowledge, and insights of professional creatives across the film industry. I'm your host, Chris Barkley, and with me today is my good friend, Make It Podcast co-host, Nicholas Buds. Chris here with another episode of the Make It Podcast, and this is a glorious Indie Talk week, and that means I have the luscious Nicholas Bugs, my good friend and co-founder <laughs> of Bonsai Creative, here with me today. Um, what's that old? Uh, what's that old Cedric the Entertainer joke where he had a buddy named Delicious, and he's like, "I can't be calling you Delicious." <laughs> <laughs> Like what if you're far? He said, "What if you're far yeah. away from me?" You're right. <laughs> I got a call for you across across, across the, the room. Hey, delicious. You're right. Or somebody's like, "Who's that?" Oh, that's delicious. Oh, I can't do that, bro. <laughs> I got my uh, morning basketball crew, Nick, and we have some wild names in there. Mm. Wild names. We got. A dude named Lover. So I've known Lover for 20 years. So we've called him Lover, L-O-V-E-R, for 20 years. And it's always interesting to pass the ball or be defended against a guy named Lover. We have another cat that plays with us named Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Sweet Lover. Sweet Lover. <laughs> uh, got Rob T., you got you just have milk. <laughs> we gotta we gotta do it with name milk M I L K, which is yeah, also milk, a dope yeah, basketball yeah. name. That's a dope basketball. It is name. and milk and tea. 
Yeah, Sweet lover. Because you're creamy. You know what I mean? You're creamy. Yeah. <laughs> you're creamy with your game. I'm right. trying to think if we have anybody. I don't know. Anyway, but that's a black thing. <laughs> just he's like, I'm just gonna let you all know. Like if we you got, were wondering. Because we got some white dudes that play with us. And of course, you know, I'm biracial, so I'm just Chris. Mm. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. It's like, sorry. You, sure. <laughs> I'm just Chris. You're not in the club. But the bro. white dudes aren't team Mike. Right. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Luke. Right. Mm-hmm. Chase. Oh, nice. Kevin. Mm. Like quintessential <laughs> white guy names. Right. Like the and then best. Like milk. the best. The best. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And you got milk. You're right. Lover, and lover. And sweet. You're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 So it's, it's, um, it's quite uh, an, an eclectic group. I know I'm missing out on somebody else's crazy ass name, but um, yeah, that's that's yeah. the shout out to the crew. I don't know. Do you have you ever had anybody in your life that had a name that made you sort of uncomfortable to call them by that name? No, I'm sorry. I'm just I'm not, I'm not rolling it with the right crews. I guess, man. You know, no, no, you've never. Had. <laughs> I don't have. A, I don't have a delicious. You know, it's, it's not a thing. <laughs> But you do have a friend named Nick, but he made you call him Dr. Serenati. Right, right. He's right. Yeah. That's, like, you know, don't that's, call me that's unfortunate. Right. <laughs> he just get confused in the room when you're both in there. So you have to call him doctor. Doctor, right. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because my dad used to call me Dr. Nicholas when I was a kid. So what? it's, it's kind of yeah. about you. How oh, is there yeah, something it's, about you that I don't know? Yeah, I know. It's crazy, but it's a flip. What you do you know, mean? It's like Dr. Nicholas Serenati got to be Dr. Nicholas. Oh, because he's a doctor. Exactly. You, you didn't earn it. <laughs> no, no, I'm not a doctor. I just play one on TV. Yeah, you didn't work hard like Dr. <laughs> Nicholas Serenati did. Serenati? No, no. No. He put in the work, bro. You get the honorary. You get the Bill Cosby doctorate. There you go. You get the, you <laughs> get the, uh, you get the life's work. Not, not the, not the uh, shadow work, but right, the work right, right. he did out in, in public for exactly. the people. The yes. Shadow work. No, we ain't talking about that. We're not talking. That's... There's we don't other, talk about that. We don't talk about that. I actually saw the uh, the uh, documentary on four part documentary on on Showtime. Very good, powerful, really good. One sided. That's my yeah. I'm, that's my complaint. But there was a there was a clip where they were being interviewed by uh, gosh, I can't remember. It was it was a major network. And Bill and his wife, uh, Camille, Camille, yes, thank you, Nick, were there. And the reporter thought that he was just going to slide in a question about the allegations, because at the time there were allegations. And Bill goes, no, 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 we don't talk about that. We don't talk. As a matter of fact, get your executive producer on the phone right now. We need him on the phone right now. He needs to be struck and he guarantees. And uh, when we just talked about that. It reminded me there's other things we don't talk about. And one of them is Encanto. Right. We don't talk about Encanto. We don't. Because we're suspicious of Encanto. Now, Quite. Now, full disclosure, I have seen the movie. And I watched it with my children and my mm-hmm. family. As did I. Okay. So you have seen Encanto. I have. Okay. Now, I haven't. Again, we don't talk about Encanto. So no, we, we haven't. Don't. We haven't said this before. I thought it was just okay. That's 
basically what my family uh, uh, was. I know. There's no, there's right? no lightning. I thought, I thought maybe a lightning bolt was going to come down. I just Something thought it was, was going to get you. Yeah. Cause I, that's the same thing with my family, man. Everyone was kind of like just watching, you know, it was a weird thing. You know, when you watch a yeah. Disney movie, you usually have the kids, you know, making all sorts of noises. They're like, Oh, oh my gosh, did you see that? You know, there's all this engagement. No, everyone just watched. And then I think a couple of times my son looked at me and was like, what? Like, what? Like, why did they do that, dad? I'm like, I don't know, bro. I don't know what's going on right now. You know, I was like, I don't, I don't understand what's happening. And it was just, it was odd. But like you said, it's, we don't talk about it, but apparently everybody else is. For this, to catch this audience up. Exactly. We want to explain why we don't talk about it because we don't understand what is going on. When you look at the Apple music charts, the song We Don't Talk About Bruno is either number one or number two, week over week. I don't hear anybody singing it. Nope. (laughs) I heard it's not even close to like the the cultural impact that, that Let It Go was. That's right. So I'm trying to figure out how to measure this. And what I was told is that it's having this incredible TikTok sort of moment in that there's a lot of TikToks around the song and that's driving listenership up because people have to actually play the song, which gets tracked in by Spotify and Apple and as a play, yeah. but really they're just taking a clip so they can do the TikTok dance to it, which right, is weird it, because they're not actually the listening to the song. Exactly. And are you actually listening to it on Apple or Spotify? You're listening it to it, the little clip of it. On TikTok, no, you, so I think I think at some point you have to, depending on how deeply you produce your dance or whatever you're doing for TikTok or your moment on TikTok, you probably listen to the song or play it to figure out what spot of the song you want to clip from. But normally it's just the same clip, right? Everybody's doing the same thing. I, I that's don't know. I, I can't say I, I can't say I know. Yeah, because normally it's just the same clip. Everybody's the same thing because whatever dance you're doing, it's usually like you know, one or two of those influencers will find, like, they'll create their dance and everyone just tries to do the same dance, right? Like, that's where the creativity comes in. It's just like, what are you wearing, you know, when you're doing the dance or where are you when you're doing the dance? It's just the same dance. But again, even if they're playing it on TikTok, how does that get recorded? How does it get tracked? So it's top two. And that song, I mean, all the songs in that movie, that song, my kids—they were like, "What song is this again?" <laughs> like, there's a, there's other songs. Yeah, you're right. There are other songs in it that, to me, are better and catchier yeah. and more meaningful. Um, but it does speak to the reach of the major social platforms for kids, including TikTok. I mean, their reach is such that that they can generate a hit. And think about this. Think about how cool it must be to come out of that TikTok house and be a massive influencer or, come, or to have come out of Vine back when it existed in, right. in like King Bach or whatever, or Botch or whatever. I might be saying his name wrong. I think okay. he's funny as shit. Um, yeah. But to be him and to know that you can basically pull a Kanye where you just have a track of gibberish and then it becomes a thing because you say so. Yeah. Like imagine somebody does that song, they know the song is shit or just average. And then they do a dance that sucks on purpose. And then they just have the world doing it. Yeah, exactly. Because that's, 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 that's their role. 
that's where I am with this. Like it's, it must be something, it's just something odd. Right. And it's something that has nothing to do with music. Like that's the key for me. You know, again, I'm not going to dog, you know, the movie as it is, or I'm not going to dog any of the songs. Like it's a piece of art. Right. I mean, could I have pulled that off? No, I can't do that. Right. So all of that stuff is, is great, well, you know, for the, exactly. But at the same time, it just didn't hit the mark for me, especially as a, you know, I look at it as a Disney movie, you know, I was like, I don't, this doesn't even get close to most of the stuff we watch. The story, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> that's where I was. It's like, what is my, this? M- my daughter came to me and this is, <laughs> this speaks to social pressure. Yep. I think we should watch Encanto again. She says this to me. I think we should watch it again. So what's up? She goes, well, I didn't really like it. I said, neither did I. She said, yeah, but everybody likes it. Yeah. Everybody likes a song, right? Like we were like going through, we, we started blaming ourselves. Well, that was my <laughs> first day I had COVID <laughs> symptoms. It was Christmas. Right. COVID symptoms. I was tired. I probably watched it with tired eyes. She goes, yeah, me too. I probably, because right around that time, like everybody around me had COVID. And it was yeah. like, okay, we all had tired eyes. Let's watch Encanto with refreshed eyes. But to hear you say that it was that way and several other people, I feel like it probably, this is just kind of, maybe this is a conspiracy theory or something, but it feels like it's just been manufactured numbers. Oh, that's where I am. It that's feels like a, it feels like a best-selling <laughs> book when it's just based on how many books the, the stores bought, not how many have been purchased. Bought by Bought by consumers. the distributors, right? Yeah, yeah. How many and bought by the distributor instead of by the consumer? Exactly. Right. Yeah, and that's where I am with it. It's just, it's weird. That's why I didn't even talk about it because I feel like there probably are some of those people out there who thought it was phenomenal, right? And you don't want to get in that conversation back and forth about, you know, why I, I thought it was bad and why they thought it was great. It's like, well, that, it's art, right? You, if you like it, great. I'm happy for you, right? I'm not trying to convince you that it was bad. That's not my job, but I just, I watch it and, yeah, I'm not watching it again. Like no one in the house is watching it again. Like it's just not a thing, you know. It's like everyone's basically. It's like we don't talk about Bruno because we forgot about Bruno. Yeah, <laughs> we're on to the next thing. It's like that. But of course, it's up for an Oscar, right? So it's oh, like, boy. yeah, man, it's in the list. <laughs> I do want to like, talk if about that wins. But look, if that wins over like Raya, right, and the Last Dragon, or if it wins over Flea, what else? Flea or Mitchell's versus the machines was good. I like that movie. The kids, the family love that movie. So like, come on, man. But that's where I feel like it's going because of how popular the music is or uh, just that song. Like if it wins because that song is popular, not going to be happy. want to talk a little bit about Kanye West as well, because well, first, let's go back to Lin- Manuel Miranda. So two quick things. Whenever I think of him, I think of Hamilton and the big success he had with that, well-deserved. And the type of hip-hop that is in that play versus the hip-hop that you grew up with in, let's say, secular culture. And there's a big chasm between the two. And I'm always remembered or remembered. I'm always reminded that he went to high school with Immortal Technique, who to me is a top 10 rapper. He's one of these guys who stood on principle and intentionally did not sign record deals because he wanted to remain independent. 
uh, I don't agree with his politics all the time, but I have to agree with the fact that he's living his life to the principles that he set out for himself. I mean, he really Mm -hmm. went on the ground as an artist in Afghanistan and lived in the hills and mountains with the people. That's unreal. Uh, And he's just a great rapper. He's just like really good. And he used to bully Lin-Manuel Miranda. He used to like beat him up. So it's just proof that like you said, like art is, it's art. And there's a place for your art and an audience for it somewhere. Lin-Manuel Miranda probably tried to rap to Immortal Technique's audience and realized he had the wrong market. And then when he switched, he became bigger than Immortal Technique will ever be. Yeah, but the thing is that he's been, Lin-Manuel Miranda has been around for a very long time. That's what I'm saying. He was just rapping to the wrong audience. No, no, what I'm I'm saying, he was rapping to the right audience. So if you don't know about like pre-Hamilton, this dude was like King of Sesame Street, right? Like uh, Electric Company and things yes, like that, where yes. he was using lyrics to teach us about the letter M. I'm talking you about know? high school Lynn Minimo Miranda. <laughs> right, right. I'm talking about right The one that was that, getting was bullied by bullied, Technique right. in high school. Yeah, but after that, it's kind of like he figured out, like, that's where he, that was his lane, right? Yeah. Was his lane was just Same. like in high school. He was no, rapping I'm, to Raekwon's audience and yeah, that wouldn't right. work. <laughs> yeah, so he stepped out of that was like, nah, man, I'm going to teach you how to spell, how to spell. I'm going to teach you how, <laughs> how to do addition and subtraction. Uh, and he did it in a way that was fun. And it was, yeah, and it great. was his own version of hip hop because that's how, you know, a lot of folks will, will see that they, they hear rap, they immediately, or like a spoken word, they immediately think, you know, African-American culture. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a nice thing that, you know, he had that hip hop culture in him and he was able to bring it through again the Sesame Street's electric companies of the world, and it's just his mind is phenomenal, phenomenal. right? I think I think he's, I think he dreams in poetry, right? It just it's so easy. Again, I'm not gonna I'm not trying to belittle and say it's you know it's yeah it's nothing for him, but it's it's nothing for him. It's it's just who he is. It just you know he speaks it, you know he thinks it, he bleeds poetry. And he's able to apply that poetry. And that's why, you know, I think Hamilton was able to be what it was. He could rap, and I won't even call it rap. He could poeticize about anything, like the letter M. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, you know, Immortal Technique. Make me some raps about the letter M. He'd make the letter M socialist. Exactly. <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, Merle, Merle, Machiavelli. But, you know, the, the, the thing about that, though, I think part of Hamilton's success is that he found a way to take the cultural things he loved about hip hop mm-hmm. and make it palatable for the Broadway ticket buyer. That's, a, that's not yeah. a cheap ticket. That's You need to have money you did not grow up in the hip-hop that we all listen to if you're going and buying those tickets you just didn't right and so i as much as i agree with your point about you know him using his poetry and 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 that's what made hamilton big i think it was also the fact that he was writing poetry in a hip-hop format that was palatable for and safe for white and wealthy buyers. 
Let's just yeah. call a spade a spade. So yeah, I think that's what I it was. But, but my point in my proxy to indie filmmakers is, is that he had to find the right audience. Yep. And, and that's why it's so important to find the right audience. Sometimes your audience in your film is not the audience you want it to be. It's not who you think is going to be out in your crowd. And there's a lot of artists that come to my mind where, where they gave sort of a similar experience where they thought they were making a certain type of music only to find out their fans didn't look the way they imagined they would look and, and weren't the people they thought they were speaking to, but they needed to accept that and embrace that and then begin making music and marketing towards that. To that audience, right. To that audience that, that really is appreciating their, their style of, of music. You know, a wise, I've said this many times, a wise person told me, if you want to know something about yourself, ask someone else. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is, is you have an image of you and your art, but someone else can tell you, oh, no, 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 no. This is why people like this. And this is who would like it. Right. And it's, it's a tool me and you utilize on consults and when we're building branding and marketing and we're doing test screenings. It's an important to, to get the right tone and to nail it. Quick piece about Kanye West, because it's very similar to what I admire in Immortal Technique, which is that he could have had multi-million dollar record deals and been a star at the cost of his publishing and, and, and ownership of his, of his masters. And Kanye, even though, you know, there's a lot that goes into him, it's a complex thing. Um, there's a part of him that desperately sort of wants to do the right thing and wants to do something uh, different. And I think it's time we all sort of rally behind this stem player idea. I know the stem player isn't cheap. It's $200. He wants to release his album Donda two specifically mm-hmm. on stem player to that. Yep. It's not as if stem player can only be loaded with that one album. So I think people conflating that and saying Kanye wants us to spend $200 on his album is misleading. That's not what's happening. This is a device that's been around before Kanye. It is, but but if you get that, you get the album, you have a toy you can play with, there's a market for it, it's artist-led. And what is the alternative? The alternative is the Tin Pan Alley system or the streaming system that, that Steve Jobs built where, where that we rail against an indie film where filmmakers can't get fair market value for their film, where um, you literally went from $15 a ticket at, at the box office to six cents per 90 minute stream on Amazon. Like that's robbery. That's what's happening to musicians as well. And maybe we don't like Kanye's implementation of it, but at some point, some artist that's big enough like Kanye has to say no to the individual payday and forge a new way. Jay-Z tried to do it with title along with Madonna and a few others. Do you realize that Apple offered Kanye $100 million for Donna too? And he said, no. <laughs> now we would probably say you're insane, but that's because we don't have a hundred million dollars. Right. He, d- he does. Mm-hmm. And so I just applaud him because that was, that's an easy decision for most people to make. Yes. Yeah, send me the hundred million Donna too on yeah, Apple. Call it, a day. Call yeah. it a day. Instead, he's trying to innovate, create something new. He's trying to go zero to one instead of one to N. I admire that. Nick. Yeah. I mean, I think it, there's, there's something to it again, like you said, it might've been the messaging, you know, I think 
a lot of people love Kanye. A lot of people hate Kanye, right? <laughs> so it depends on where you are in that spectrum, you know, whether or not, you know, what he's doing with- On the spectrum. This, yeah, there, there you go. What he's doing with this latest initiative, um, you know, whether you believe in it, whether you support it. I think you're right though. I mean, something needs to change. You know, we know that this is the case for indie film, which is why we do what we do, uh, but it's not specific to or peculiar to musicians or filmmakers. It's right. all creatives who have art that has been basically um, controlled by, you know, large corporations, right. Who make side deals with one another to get paid on top of, or by leveraging other people's art. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. It's a, it's a great thing. Uh, maybe he's not the one to, to carry the message forward. Uh, Cause I think his messaging has been, or his branding has been all over the place. Yeah, right? right. I mean, he's, you know, in addition to being, you know, great as a hip hop artist, you know, then he kind of moved into what he was doing with gospel. And then there was a lot of self aggrandizement going on, you know, very, you know, egotistical. It's like, like you said, he might be struggling in, you know, within himself to do You're going the right through a divorce, thing. right? You're going through a divorce, but even that whole thing, like, it's all just, you know, the brand of what is the brand of Kanye? And it doesn't seem to be humanitarian in any regard right or like hey i'm here for the community it's like since when bro like you even said it like he he wants to be a billionaire you want the things that they have right always pointing to them right like they define who he is right right he's been like that for some time so i think that it's an interesting time for him to come up with something like this because again his brand hasn't always been hey i am for the people yeah it's almost like cult of personality that he has that we experienced for four years in the white house, right. Where his basic message is let me be rich because through me, I shall mm. enrich you so that right. you can be rich as well, but you have to trust me first and then let me be rich first. <laughs> so there's, there's hypocrisy in it. I, I yeah. don't disagree with, with what you're saying at all. It's just, it's just that it has to start somewhere. Like, like I said, you know, before. And he's, if he's anything, he's somebody who gets people's attention and is polarizing. So, so for that reason, let's have the conversation, right. He might be, you know, the guy to, to, to do it. Uh, We wanted to get back to these, this Oscar talk and uh, we see, I have a list. So I'm going down the list. I have about 12, something like maybe sub 12 movies left to watch. This has just been a unique year. There had to be 35 movies at least that were worthy of award. And I've seen actually 33 is the number. Yeah. (laughs) And I just can't remember a year like this. It's just an explosion. There's so much opportunity across film and across series because of the insatiable need for content across yep. the streaming wars. Uh, so if you're good, you're, you're going to get picked up. And I think we have a lot of friends that are finding success and, and we're very excited in this time. And one of those movies that we both have seen recently and want to talk about was tick, tick, boom with Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's, there's some other ones that have proxies. I think Coda is a proxy to it in its own way. Coda is incredible. Apple movie apple's gonna let that movie they're re-releasing coda into theaters nick for three days only and here's the kicker it costs nothing i think if you go to apple.com 
you can pick up the tickets. It's totally free. Go see it in the theater. No strings attached, but only for three days. So hmm. find a theater near you. Go watch Coda. It's pretty cool. Interesting way to leverage Apple if you're Apple, right? Yeah. Uh, right. And and to get ready for award season. But uh, let's talk tick tick boom first. Nick, what do you think? Man, I just I just got to say it like this. If you are a creative, see this movie. If you are a creative, you must see this movie. If you are a creative, I invite you to just, I don't know, uh, go on social, send us an email, what, talk to your friends. I invite you to tell everyone what the last movie was that you watched that was about and for the creative community. Because to be honest, it's not a real invitation because I don't think you can tell anybody. I don't know if we can actually pinpoint the last film, right? And major film like this that you could point to and say, that was for me. That was for the independent creative. That was about the independent creative. I honestly haven't seen a film like that. And I don't know. I mean, I'm like thinking like last 10 years, I'm trying to actually pinpoint another movie that would have been that meaningful to the independent creative community. And I just don't know if there has been one in a very long time. So I think that this one, I watched this one. I said, that's what this is about. Right. Like I get who it's about. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I totally understand that. But as a creative if you watch this film and you cannot see yourself in it, if that film is not in some way about you, then you're not a creative. Like, period. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it comes down to. So that's it for me, man. Like, tick, tick, boom. I mean, it could win an Oscar for the best film in the last 10, 20 years about filmmakers, about creatives, about musicians, about artists. Mm -hmm. because it would be alone, right? That's what it is for me. So tick, tick, boom, off the charts as it comes, uh, as it pertains to being a film by, for, and about just the creative community. It was really great. And people will point to Birdman, which won movie of the year about five or six years ago, but that was about Hollywood. That was yep. about being a big studio actor and even this year being the Ricardos, that's about mm -hmm. studio TV show making, movie making and, and those type of contracts and the relationships that happen within it. Yep. Uh, even Coda that I mentioned, very musical and about making it to Berkeley, but it's, it's not really about that. That's not really, that's right. Subtext. Yeah, it's not really a. It's not really about that. It's it's um, although it's it's a beautiful movie. I liked so so. Full disclosure, I liked Coda better than Tick Tick Boom. I thought Tick Tick Boom was good. I thought Andrew Garfield was great. Oh, for sure, he was and, awesome, dude. And, <laughs> it's like yeah. whoa, yeah, this guy. Where did he come from? You know, I was like, <laughs> I mean, could you imagine being on a movie set? Now, look, Andrew Garfield's not an independent actor i mean he's like but mm -mm. but 
the um I mean, I, I, there were shots, and this is Lin-Manuel Manuel Miranda again. Uh, yep, sure with the music, is. by the way, kudos to you, Lynn Manuel, director. and director. Yes, um, could you imagine just being on set and having to display the range of emotions that he had to display at times behind the piano? Oh and yeah, just, and just like and be pretending, know that you're pretending, and like you're, you know, you're going through the motions. And I don't know, man. Um, like, I, it's, it's, it, it's really difficult. I. You know, he's not pretending, bro. Like, that's what I'm saying. I think there's a certain point, you know, there's a certain place you get, especially if you've got, you know, again, I'm not an actor. I, I'm, I might be just blowing smoke, but I, I swear that you get immersed in this content, right? Enough with the right content where you feel it, man. You know, and, and again, like I said, Andrew Garfield's a creative. He had to have seen himself in every lyric. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like in every, in, in all of it, it's just like, cause that's what it's about. You know, again, I know it's about a person, right? I know I get that, that, you know, but it's, you know, that's the thing is that this person that it's about, John Larson, it's like, it's just, he's an example yeah, of and the, I, the and broader community. That's I didn't know he had that kind of talent either. I didn't know that, he was musical like that. Um, I don't know no how much did. of it is, is, is kind of done for knew, him. <laughs> right? Like, I don't know how much of that is movie magic, but it's... Um, he was it's, hiding it, remember? He wasn't yeah, telling was, anybody, like, I'm going to do this film and nobody's going to know. I'm going to just come out and we'll see what happens. And it was phenomenal. Yeah, it was very impressive. And I think that he should win an award of some sort. Yes. Um the music's probably going to win awards, right? Unless, you know, it gets cannibalized by Encanto. Right. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Lin-Manuel beats his own beats stuff his own, out, right? Beats his yeah. own stuff, right? Wait, what did we say? Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Breaking news, Lin-Manuel Miranda beats his own stuff out. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, hey, stop it. No. You're right. Um, delete. Delete. Uh, no, it... It won't, it, it can hold a place in indie creatives' hearts forever because it is so emblematic of the struggle to, to make it. I mean, the heartbreaking moment, I, I don't think it's, I mean, I don't want to be spoiler alert. I don't think I'm spoiling anything, but it's like there's a moment in the movie where, and this is classic storytelling, where you expect the protagonist to win at this moment and yet he takes the biggest L he could possibly take. And Nick, I think you know which moment I'm talking about yeah, where he's talking sure. to yeah, the mm-hmm. lady and um, who's supposed to put him on. And she gives him the best advice, which is, you know, what do I do now? He says, and she says, write the next one. Right. So you just keep going. You just That's keep it. going yep. and, and understand that, okay, they didn't get it this time but it's time will come and i think we've all heard stories of scripts that were written that found a second life when the zeitgeist and when the sort of the spirit of the times changed and it seemed to sit in the pocket of that time like somebody could remake network right now and it would be it would crush yeah right and i think that 
it's a reminder of what the times must have felt like in the in the mid to late seventies when oil prices were through the roof. Um, we were off the gold standard for sure in seventy two. Like there was just turmoil. You know, Jimmy Carter. Uh, you know, barely one. We came, we came out of wars. We came out off of Nixon and, you know, it's kind of similar to kind of the things that are going on now. I mean, it's, we have a low, we have a low faith president, but at the same time, we're happy. It's not the other guy for the most part, because, you know, at least we're not looking foolish. Uh, oil prices are supposed to be $10 a gallon this summer, just like there's a lot going on. So if you have that type of script, you should think about like, maybe this is the time to shoot it. And if you're writing about a moment now, consider the fact that by the time you're done writing and shooting it and it comes out of post, the times may have changed completely, may not be relevant anymore. So that's where timing is really crucial in your creative process. And that's why I think that's one of the reasons Nick, we say, well, write what you know. There you go. That's sort of the key that I was going to say. Because That's if it. you because if you write what you know, it's always in fashion, yeah. uh, and and always in style because you're writing about something that uh, touches on these things, but is about some other central thing that that drives through it. Um, Coda, we mentioned that that actually has a shot for movie of the year because the conflict is so unique, where you're the only hearing person in your entire family. And from the day you could talk, you've been there, the family uh, interpreter. So every. Yeah. So CODA specifically, is it child or children, but a child of deaf adults, correct? And her, the rest of her entire family is deaf. Yes. Right. But that's what CODA stands for. Yep. So that's, yeah. Just for the yep. audience who may not know. Child of deaf adults. Yep. And the exhaustion that one has to feel with that being their role their entire life and that coming to a head with a talent that the rest of your family cannot appreciate, which is an incredible singing talent. Yep. Just a beautifully well thought out plan. It's really fantastic. Now that being said, Academy Awards are March 27th. Uh, again, a lot of these aren't independent films, but it's important to appreciate great film whenever you can see it um, as a great example for your own work and creativity. And it still feels like Power of the Dog is going to be the winner. <laughs> I do recommend everybody see it. But it's not the the <laughs> it's not my favorite movie of the year. Right. Yeah. Uh I I thought it was great. I thought it was great. I thought it was nuanced. Um, so often if you're talking about one character torturing another, we look at it as something that's really blunt. Like here's a, here's a nail. Let me hit it with a hammer. This is like the way it, this feels really like how it really happened in human relationships when you don't want to cross a line, but you still also want to antagonize someone. And the twist at the end is so subtle and deep. It's crazy. I, I highly recommend you watch power of the dog maybe maybe the best twist ending of the year um there are sleepers nightmare alley is a sleeper that is really really good and one of the best endings kudos to guillermo del toro on that but my favorite movie this year come on come on 
Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix. I just, I just, no, no movie this year. It hasn't gotten any heat. And it's easy to forget about, but I haven't had a movie that made me feel that way yet. I mean, Titan is insane. Uh, it makes you feel a lot of things. It's, <laughs> it's modern hyper-sexual violence, right? It feels like, it feels like watching a Grimes album, but it's, uh, you know, movie of the year. No, come on, come on. It is, uh, I mean, it just stepped out in a place where it's just commercial enough to grab everybody and relatable where everybody can get it. Uh, but artsy enough to, uh, that should have attracted more attention from, you know, awards, uh, folks and voters. I'm surprised he didn't get more love and disappointed. I recommend everybody go find, come on, come on, watch it. Let me know what you think. If you think I'm crazy, contact at bonsai.film <laughs> or, uh, hit, hit me up on Twitter, uh, at flaming your heart or Chris, uh, Chris, I think I'm Christopher, Christopher Barkley. Um, and also, before we wrap, we have a nice audience in Canada. Shout out to all of our Canadian listeners. We love you. Can anybody just, like, I want to get an unbiased take on this crazy trucker thing. Oh. Is there anybody <laughs> that will just email us or DM us and just let us know an unbiased take on how Canadians actually feel about this? So, because in, in the States we get a highly politicized version from both sides. And I think I have some facts, right? Like about the percentage of truckers that are vaccinated and, you know, this tug of war between do I have the freedom to control my own body or do I not, you know, kind of thing. Same, yeah, same thing here. Same thing here, <laughs> but the vaccination rate is much lower. All right. So, so one side is saying, what's the big deal? 90% of the people are vaccinated. Like just, finish it out and get vaccinated to keep your job. And the other side says, yeah, 90% are vaccinated. That means there's almost so no good. risk for me. We're good. <laughs> right. <laughs> so just let me be free. And then you've got yeah. Trudeau and all this stuff. So to those listening in Canada, contact at bonsai.film, <laughs> Nick at bonsai.film. Yeah. Yeah. Flaming yeah. your well, heart on Twitter. DM us, yeah. message but, at us. Let us know before, the real deal. But, Nick, yeah, bring, we, bring us home. Bring us home. Well, see, before we jump, I do also want to give the the shout out to you know Queen of Basketball. Mm. So you know that's going to be up for I guess it's documentary short. That's where I got uh, Philip Humans, right? Oh no 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 no! Huh? Ben Proudfoot. Oh Ben Proudfoot. That's where I got Ben. Yeah. Ben Proudfoot. My bad. Yep. Oh yeah. And it's just a um, you know I'm I'm a big fan of I'd say pretty much everything. <laughs> ben Proudfoot. Everything does. he does is great. <laughs> You just sit there and watch this stuff, and it's great because I can also just put it on. I can watch it with my family, which is even better. But it's it's a it's a phenomenal story, and I think what you know what I love about the short films, especially you know very well done documentary shorts, is they they just transport you into you know someone else's life, um, whether it's past or present, into a world that you didn't even know about, and articulates it so very well and. You know, honestly, you know, Queen of Basketball is a story about a hero, you know, and I'll just put it like that. It's a, it's a hero and it's a hero that people should know about, you know. So not only is it a great documentary film, 
Um, but it's something that people should watch because it's a part of their history that they might not have any clue about. So I'm just gonna leave it at that. I just say that it's available uh, online. I think you can go watch it uh, through New York Times. This one on the Opdocs, uh, Ben Proudfoot's website. It's available there, and then just going to YouTube and looking up Queen of Basketball. It's available there as well. But is it available on any film. other streamers, or is it just sort of publicly available on those it's platforms? It's publicly available on those platforms. It's on it's on Vimeo. Okay, you know, so literally just you know, if you want to Google Bing or Duck Duck Go, it right is just a Queen of Basketball, and it will come up. And it's worth the time to watch that film. So please do. Yeah, I think we posted about that on social as well. We're really yeah, super stoked about it. And just another example of of filmmaking at the indie level. Um, obviously, it's got some non-indie backing, but but it's great filmmaking at that level. And um, we want as large of an audience as possible to support that kind of thing. I just think it's yeah. I think it's awesome. So good 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 shout out there. And uh, this has been a fun and great short and sweet conversation uh, as indie talks it. as indie talks are there's so much going on right now we probably could have talked for three hours but we'll save it for uh another indie talk for sure and as promised on previous indie talks i'm going to cut my my uh preamble to the postamble down quite a bit <laughs> and i'll simply say this uh we have a wonderful newsletter our newsletter is 99 percent independent filmmakers, people that are in the business, uh, doing this on a daily, scrappy, hungry filmmakers. If you that describes you, join our newsletter. There's a couple of ways to do it. Contact at bonsai.film. If you email us, email us there, we will just add you to the list. If you go to our website, www.bonsai.film, you'll see a place to enter your email address and that will add you to the newsletter list. Nick, is there a specific place to go once you're on the website to enter your email? I just scroll to the bottom right there in the contact, the contact form. You can drop it there. And then uh, if you subscribe on the make it podcast blog, you'll uh, get the newsletter from there too. Yeah, absolutely. It's perfect. And people are loving this. I mean, the, the newsletter has, a 60% plus open rate. That's like unheard of in newsletters. <laughs> so that'll tell you that we're putting a lot of work into this and making sure it's valuable for everybody that, that gets it. So do get that, join that. It will be worth your while. And then I'll save all the rest of the stuff for the end because I already say it. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, again, bonsai.film, that's where you can find us. We appreciate all you listeners and subscribers and continue to rate the podcast five stars on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Nick, can you give us the credo? For sure. Last little shout out, other versions of you. Check it out. Another version of you. And it's now called Another Version of You. Um, (laughs) So just definitely putting that shout out to the people. Uh, But yeah, man. Recently added to Paramount Plus, I believe. That's right. There you go. Expanding the indie filmmaking community. Uh, but I will give the uh, the shout out to, to everybody in our filmmaking community uh, near and far. Be better, be creative, be engaged. And thank you for listening. Nick, talk to you soon. Yes, sir. We'll do it again. All right, man. Enjoyed it. Yeah, man. Always. It's always. Peace. Peace. You've been listening to the Make It Podcast 
To find out more information about this week's topics, including links to relevant blog posts, projects, and indie creatives, please visit our website at www.banzai.film. If you haven't already, you can join our podcast community on Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choice by searching for Make It Bonsai Creative and the show will pop right up. You now have the opportunity to support the production of this podcast. If you love Make It and are a true fan of what we're trying to accomplish in the indie film community, please visit www.bonsai.film and click Contribute. Contributions start at only $5 monthly. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Bonsai Creative and on Facebook by searching for Bonsai Creative. You can provide feedback to us via email at contact at bonsai.film and you can follow me, Chris, on Twitter at Flaming Your Heart. That's F-L-A-M-E-I-N-U-R-H-E-A-R-T. And of course, if you're looking to take a big step towards your filmmaking success, go to www.bonsai.film and click on services to explore a variety of offerings from keynotes and panels to pitch readiness assessments and so much more. You have everything to gain. Until next time, be better, be creative, be engaged, and thank you for listening.